ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Brought to you by Zada Jewelers, KFNC and KFNC HD2, Mont Bellevue, Houston. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline. It's a special, special edition because what? It is Mother's Day and we're in studio. No days off like Bill Belichick said. And that's the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5, is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Happy Mother's Day, man. Happy Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yeah, let's get it popping because it's a it's a little bit of, you know how we do festival festival shows, you know, a holiday show, let's call it. We uh, we do it with a little bit of a different energy. We try to bring it to you because we know what, what today entails. You get up, get that barbecue pit going, trying to get some uh, steaks in your life. Maybe your coffee's just getting warmed up right now. Maybe throwing a little bit of whiskey in it. You know, I always say, you know, throw a little bit of Bailey's in it. And then someone checked me. One of my friends was like, I know you always, that's your little thing, saying, hey, throw some Baileys in. He's like, when the hell have you ever thrown Baileys in anything? He's like, where I'm from, here, I'll throw whiskey in my, my coffee. So I said, you know what, you make a valid point. Ditch the Baileys, it's a holiday. Let's go whiskey in the coffee this morning. Let's go to the man behind the glass, at Aaron is Blitz, helping us stay in line for the next few hours. We appreciate him just like, hey, it's, it's like I don't even know you. We just, we meet each other again, but we appreciate everything you do for us, man, behind the glass. If you want to get in on the show, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. I don't even know where to start, man, because uh, I, I, it's a holiday show and, and I don't want to come in here and, 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 and be a Debbie Downer, but the Astros game, <sighs> We spoke about it when we filled in on the Blitz on Thursday about every time that the ball goes to to the bullpen, it's uh, it's hope. So we said trust is a strong word. When you hand over that ball in this bullpen, this specific bullpen, it's hopes and prayers. And once again, it struck us. It did. And a lot of the same guys that have been, you know, costing you some runs, you know, pretty consistently. So you, you got to hope that they get some guys healthy. There There, there is help on the way. Uh, Anoli is, he should be back pretty soon. I think he pitched in, I guess, Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi something like that. Looked good. So he should be coming back pretty soon. Josh James, I know that's not the best thing to hear, but he should be coming back at the end of May too. And he's not, Josh James isn't bad. It's just, just let him do that one inning. And if you get out of it, move on to the next guy. I, that's one of the things with Dusty that surprises me when he brings guys out for a second inning. That usually doesn't go well with this bullpen. And, and with Pedro Baez still being out, that was one of their big pickups from the Dodgers to you know, to be one of the mainstays in the bullpen, and he just hasn't been healthy. So it's a long season. I mean, we're, we're just here in early, early May. We're only a little over a month in. So I think they'll get it together. What I have a problem with is these games that they're close. Where they where they make a comeback, or even in the Yankee series, three three game, 
somehow you get there and you're thinking, okay, let's let's make this happen. Then all of a sudden, just one bad inning. Whenever you you make the wrong choice to the bullpen, now you're down three runs. Same thing here. You make a little bit of a comeback, then all of a sudden, a few of a, a high leverage situation. Bam, Smith. Like, what do you what do, what do you, what are we going to do about this guy? Look, he hasn't been great. I think we kind of forgot that he's. Not very good because, you know, he opted out with COVID last year. So we haven't seen him a whole lot except for this season. And it's a weird thing with relief pitchers. And I think Luno even talked about it before he left the team. It seems like if a guy has a good year, then the next year is not going to be great. And vice versa. If a guy has a down year, he he tends to to have, you know, relievers are just so up and down from season to season. You just kind of grab a bunch of them. And, you know, like Will Harris, nobody used to – like it when Will Harris came into games. But then in, in 2019, he was great for the Astros. He yeah, he was fantastic. So you just see that you kind of have to ride that roller coaster, and Dusty needs to get a feel for who's got it this year and who doesn't. Whenever you look at the final score, it's going to say 8-4. But if you really look into it, the way it played out, the Astros were down early. They kind of, you know, they stayed in the game 5-4 to four score in the ninth. You're thinking, all right, striking distance. But right before you start putting on your rally cap. You know, you're saying, all right, let's do this. And then all of a sudden, like I said, you go to the bullpen, Brooks Rayleigh gives up a walk, then, then Joe Smith comes up and, and gives up a three-run jack. It, so much for the cap. No, no, you're right. And You know, the game before that, though, was was awesome, right? I mean, the bats exploded. Yuli had a huge game. So, you know, I, I'm not going to kill him for that one game. But you're right. The bullpen continues to be a problem. There's no doubt about it. But we talked about this on the Blitz the other day. It's really going to help when Oda Rizzi comes back and Fromber comes back because then some of these guys that are starting right now can go to your bullpen and give you a little more depth. Jordan Alvarez extends his streak to 14 games on Bay Street. He, he's <laughs> he's 407 during those 14 games. Another historic run for a young guy. This is something that is a positive, though. The little things that you can take, even in losses. We saw him go ahead and, and, and dominate against Cole. Uh, I that's one thing, man. I, I I don't know how we got so lucky as an Astros fan, you know. Yeah. And I say that because with the change that's going on right now, with not having Springer anymore, with not knowing what's going to happen with Correa, the one thing that you know you have right now, and hopefully injuries and and what we say, you know, like knee problems and whatnot, end up getting in his in his way of his career because at this path, I mean, there, is there a sweeter swing in baseball, dude? He. I don't even want to put that on him, but he reminds me a, a little bit of Barry Bonds. You know what I mean? Just a big presence in the left-handed batter's box. He makes it look just yeah. effortless, right? Whenever he whenever he makes contact with the ball, it jumps off the bat. That's what I tell people. And whenever you see it in person, it's I've never seen a ball jump off a bat like that. It just, you know, instantly just bing, just yeah. gone. And you're thinking, wow, this is different. But, I th- again, we go back to... If it's a three three game, four yeah, say he does have a big game and he and he did hit a home run and, and he's three for four. And now we're in the eighth inning. And now it's a it's a three, three, four, four game. And then all of a sudden he can't do anything whenever those relief pitchers are coming in there and doing what they've been doing. No. I mean he can he pitch? I don't think so. But that's okay. And you know, you talk about just how it's different when he hits. The last guy I remember like that, just where the ball jumps off his bat was Lance Berkman. You know, I remember, you know, Berkman would just, you know, slap something in the gap in the outfield, and the outfielder 
a lot of times would make an error just because he would judge the ball differently and not realize how much juice you know Berkman had on it. And they would very often misplay a lot of his line drives in the outfield. And I kind of see the same thing with Jordan. There's just a little extra something when he hits the ball, man. He's special. Check this out. He drove in his 100th run of his career. That made him the fastest player in the expansion era since 1961 and the seventh fastest all-time to reach 100 career RBIs. You're talking about all-time now. Yeah. That's the that's why I was so concerned with all these injuries with him with the knees because you see the potential. If he can stay healthy, he is going to be a great great player. He already is. He's just got to stay healthy. 713-780-3776 if you want to give your thoughts on the Astros or anything that uh you learned over the last because we only we only get to talk one time a week. We always talk about this one time a week so whenever we do check back in with you it's a lot has happened. As far as today you get Grinky going against uh Pearson. Grinky 2 and 1, 3.76 ERA. I think I have a play for this. I think. Really? Yeah. And and with the Astros, I'm just going to start taking away these uh, the bullpen. You know what I mean? I'm First five. You're just going to go. I was going to say. First five. Yeah. And baseball, luckily they give us that option. If you don't already know, you can bet just first five innings in baseball. That's a popular bet. You can pretty much do that in any book. Yeah, let's take away this bullpen. We, we just talked the last 10 minutes about the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Well, if we take that equation out and you can get a solid outing out of Zach Grinky, now we're talking. No, there's no doubt about it. And in Grinky's, what did he go for the other day against the Yankees? Something like that. My issue with him is, man, every single batter, it feels like it's a 3 2 count with Grinky. He just runs up his pitch count so fast that. He will he still be in the game in the fifth inning? You know that's the kind of thing you have to worry about with Grinky, but that's the type of pitcher he is at this point in his career. He has to nibble at those corners. If he doesn't, he gets crushed. It's been bumpy. It's yeah. been bad these last two starts. He's allowed seven runs in the last eight innings. So if that curveball's not going for him and he's not spotting the fastball, he has no chance. And you can usually tell early when yeah. you're watching him. You say, "All right." Let's do something. Let, let's change this up. But yeah. you, you can't change him. That's who That's who he is. It, it is. And I, I'm worrying a little bit, too, about Christian Javier. You know, he did not have a great game yesterday. Gave up five earned runs. And he's been one of their best pitchers this year. That's your boy. That's my boy. So I'm kind of like, man, are, are they starting to – is there a book on him, right? That's when guys start pitching so much that the other teams have a lot more intel – they can pick up on a lot more of the things you consistently do. and So maybe there's a book on him, and guys are starting to figure him out a little bit. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just a little bump in the road. But, yeah, he's a guy. The talent's there, man. The, the strikeouts, everything's there. It's just Yeah, he had eight Ks in five and a third innings yesterday. And that's yeah. the thing. It's just he gets himself in, in certain troubles. Sometimes it, it, it seems just, just bad situations, walks. Four walks last night. That hurt. And, and that that's what gets going. It, it just It's an avalanche of things that happens. It'll be pretty. It's so pretty because when he's on and, and he could get ahead of batters, but whenever he gets behind and then all of a sudden you're reaching and then the, and, and like you said, it's like they're seeing him. And then once, once they see him that second time in that rotation, then you're thinking, all right, here we go. And a man on base, you already know. All right, well, what do we do? But it's, 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 it's tough being an Astros manager. Imagine – the the window where you say do I pull my guy and that's any manager but you specifically with this bullpen and we talked about was it too early against the Yankees when uh, Garcia was mm-hmm. it too early was it one out too early you know was it one, give let, let him get one more out um, 
with this specific bullpen, it's just it's going to be an every game situation. I mean, not not every game because some of them, yeah, you're going to have a good lead. You're not going to you could be able to be in a calm situation, but these high leverage situations where you need someone you can trust in, this is an ongoing problem, and it's going to continue that way until you get Fromber back, Odorizzi back, and then you could throw some of these arms into that into that uh, into the relief pitching. Yes. And like I mentioned earlier, Anoli Paredes, he should be back. I mean, you know, he's he's looking good. And he was a guy that really was huge for them last year in the playoffs. You know, he he's got some gas. He could throw hard, man. Like he's got talent. I mean, last year, yeah, I know he he was in 22 games, but he had an ERA of just over 3, 3.05. You'll take that right now in the Astros bullpen. A guy that's got a low 3 ERA that can throw hard. He's coming back. That's going to make a big difference for this team. He's just he gets a little wild, but I, I like his upside. Zach Grinke's listed as a minus one fifty favorite over under nine runs, and in the first five innings, it's minus one sixty. So it's a little bit more heavily juiced just to take the five innings to get the bullpen out of the game. As far as your bet, do you like anything on there? Do you think that was Grinke should be favored minus one fifty? Do you see nine runs in this game? I mean, the way Grinky's been pitching lately, I understand why the the run totals up there. I I get your point. I just want to I want to see Grinky put a good start together. So I, I don't know if I'm going to roll with him yet. I just I want to see a little more out of him. But I, I get what you're saying. It's it's the only positive I ever take out of baseball. You know, whenever we do trends in football or basketball, and I say, man, those are useless. Those coaches don't go there. If you ever get a pitcher versus a certain team, and then you look on that team and the in the in the in the lineup's pretty much intact, you know, most of it's there. You can say that's a good angle because you know that that pitcher is good against that those yeah. specific batters. But at the same time, people will say that batter's seen him plenty of times. Is it his turn? See what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And. You know, Grinky over the course of his career has been terrible at Yankee Stadium, and it, it wasn't great the other day. So some of those do turn out to, to be the truth. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN ninety seven five. Stay up to date with the latest innovations hitting the city of Houston by visiting innovationmap.com or follow them on any of your social media platforms. Just search Innovation Map. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. It's Moneyline. It's Mother's Day Sunday. Shout out to Donna. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you for always kicking it with the team Moneyline here on ESPN 97.5-713-780-3776. Shout out to everyone hanging out on Twitch. Chuck D., he says, where is Deshaun hiding? If if there's no new rumors, news, or whatever you want to call it, accusations, whatever, however you want to word it, if there's nothing new coming out, then I think that there's some settling going on. Um, I, I believe in the next maybe month. And I'm, mm-hmm. this is I mean, just, just speculating, okay? But I just believe in the next month. The window needs to be at some point, hey, OTAs are going to get started. Not that Deshaun has anything to do with that. Even if he if he if he goes at once they do set or whatever happens with this, I'm not saying that he's going to show up to that. But the Texans need some sort of direction because will he be suspended? Will it be the entire year? Will he even want to play here? What, where's his mind going to be at? 
I think Deshaun is already decided he's not going to play here. I think that's it. We talked about it on the show. Ian Rappaport told Rich Eisen about a week or two ago that he's still hearing nothing's ta- nothing's changed for Deshaun. He doesn't intend to play with the Texans. But showing up to training camp, I think, is something that he's going to have to do because th- there's so much money on the line. You know, he's got to pay all these court fees, and you know, and if he doesn't show up, he, he voids that contract and. He might catch a break to where if he shows up for training camp, immediately Goodell puts him on the commissioner's exempt list. Then he's getting paid, but then he can leave the team, and he kind of gets what he wants. He doesn't have to play for the Texans, and he still gets paid. He can cover all all his legal fees. So I think that could be where this is going. Just today, Jeremy Fowler on ESPN on this morning's Sports Center said that, you know, that the they're seeing signs that the Texans are slowly moving on from Deshaun. And we've seen that them drafting the quarterback. They've got Terod Taylor to, to be their bridge quarterback for this year. So, but you know, what he says here is that teams I've, I've talked to around the league are taking notice that the Texans are slowly moving away from Deshaun. They drafted a developmental quarterback that they're high on, you know, they, they were turning down everybody, you know, a couple months ago, but now it doesn't seem to be the case, but it has to be after June 1st if they are going to trade Deshaun. It doesn't have to be, but they'll save a lot of money against the cap if it is. So that's when they want to do it. If they're going to do it this season, my guess, they do it after this season is when they trade Deshaun. He said little little signs or they're showing signs. No, the, the, the writing's on the wall once they drafted a quarterback mm-hmm. with that pick. You know, ever since last week, I've, I've gone back and done a little more investigating on him, a little bit more research. Man... He has his moments, obviously, if you watch him. Yeah, he's he's capable. But if you look at the system and everything that – they run a big jumbo package there. They run a lot of under center, a lot of a lot of misdirection, a lot. It's real simplified the way that he can – it was real quarterback friendly for him. It didn't, it didn't require him to do a lot. And, man, the more I dug into him, it's like, what the hell were they thinking? You know, like, what were they thinking there? It goes back to did this automatically tell them with this pick that they don't have to worry next year? If that was the case, then we say, okay, there's, there's some, they, they have ground to stand on. But that's not the case. This doesn't mean that they don't need a quarterback next year. They're still looking. And at this point, third round, I looked into him, and 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 a lot of the you know trade is always that five star guy. You know, he's he's the best quarterback in his state. You know, and it's like I hate hearing those things because at this level that we that we that we we talk about the NFL level the highest level possible a lot of those guys were five stars a lot of those guys were the best in his state so um man I'm telling you that that's a that's a that's a project that they 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 just took in a project car and and whenever you draft someone in the third round that's not supposed to be a, a project at that point especially if you've had no other picks that and then trading to down trading multiple picks to get Nico. Yeah, like trading multiple now, and and who knows how it would have broke down? Because I, I'm not going to say I like him, you know, but I I don't I'm not going to say that other teams wouldn't have got him. But from what you're hearing, other teams weren't even interested at him at that in that area. So at that point, some are saying that they moved down, thinking thinking they needed to. And at this point, a draft you don't have a pick too late into the third round. Then you waste that, not waste, but you use it on a on a wasteful position that you don't even know what's going to happen. And then you do that and you trade away numerous picks to to get a guy that you don't even know if that's going to work out. It's just, it's a disaster. It is in some in some aspects, but if they truly believe that if they didn't trade up for him, that that was going to be a group of players that they didn't think any of those guys could help them. 
And we've heard Ian Rappaport say that some general managers did not like the middle rounds of this draft. Our own Lance Zerline disagrees with him, by the way. But if that's what the Texans thought, that if we don't trade up and get this guy, the group of players that will be there when we pick next, we're not excited about any of those guys, then I'm okay with it. They gave up a future fourth. I mean, what do they typically do in the fourth round? Oh, I'll tell you what they do. They draft a tight end that never amounts to anything. That's typically what they do in the fourth round. So if they don't have that pick next year, oh, well. That, that doesn't worry me too much. But Davis Mills, I see some good things. I went back and I watched every throw for like four four of his games, and you do see some good stuff. He's a little more mobile than he gets credit for, and it's a nice, smooth release. He does throw the ball in traffic a little bit more than you'd like. you know. So there, there are some things that, that aren't very good. And it's the 11 starts, Jerry. You know what that reminds me of? And I, I hate to put this on the guy, but you remember the last guy that, that had about 11 starts and he went really high in the draft? The guy I'm thinking of is Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, remember when he went, you know, very high up with what was it, number two overall or something like that to the Bears? They even traded up one more spot to get him. And the thing, he had great tape at North Carolina for that one year, for that one year, for that one year. And and I know that, you know, Davis Mills, his play goes over two seasons here, but with some injuries, that's why he only has 11 starts and because of COVID. So you just worry, like, well, how much do you really know over 11 games? And, and, and what? If there's even that question, we're talking about two radio guys here that our job isn't to be uh, diving into all these guys' lives. I mean, you think they didn't scout this guy? You think that they didn't know how many games he started? You don't think they they know more than we could ever even find out about that kid? They know more about him than he knows. And and this is what they came up with. They, they trusted it that much. They trusted they trust that, hey, there's something here to use our, our first pick of this draft that we don't draft into the third round. That's what That's what gets me here. It's it's just all right. Let's say that the Watson situation what situation isn't what it is now. Let's say that there wasn't no legal troubles and and we we're going into the season that as Watson is the quarterback. I don't even know what they would have gone then, you know, because there's so many holes and I mean there's never any way to to tell. But mm-hmm. at this point, my my thinking was whatever they were going to draft then, even with Watson, they should have drafted now. It shouldn't have changed that. All, you, you see what I'm saying? It shouldn't yeah. have meant, like, let's go get a quarterback this early. It's You got Taylor. You got lucky. However that happened, he's serviceable. He's he a is. veteran. He's only on a one-year deal, though. Yeah. You know, that's that's the thing is, you know, he's only here for this coming season. And if you think you're probably trading Deshaun, you know, I guess they wanted they wanted a, a – I think part of this is they want a new face of the franchise to move on from. When they're putting these video packages together, like, get your season tickets for the Houston Texans. You notice there's not a bunch of pictures of Deshaun Watson in those videos. There's no air guitar. In. You notice that's the biggest problem there, Jerry. No air guitar. That's what I have a problem with. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to miss the air guitar and the rock boys. The rock boys, yeah. And, and McKinney's gone. It's going to look different. But, yeah, I think that's part of it. They, they want to move on. They want a new face of the franchise. And I think they think of it the opposite of you. You see it as, hey, you could have gotten like maybe a starting cornerback with that third-round pick, right? And, and they need secondary help. I think to them, they see it as, we'll take a shot on a quarterback, and if we miss, it only cost us a third-round pick. You know, I think they just their logic is totally on the other side. Whenever you see someone do the air guitar, you know right then and there, that man's never touched a real guitar in his life. Like, if you see me do air guitar, you, you know right away. He's never touched a, a guitar in his life. Then you, when a, when a guitar player, he tries to do it like his. But the Texans one, they would do it like just get down, yeah. and I'm like, 
he's never touched a guitar in his life. No, it, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm not going to miss that very much. <laughs> that and the Letterman jackets, you're just like, oh. you can never, you can never go back on those things. No, it, you're winning four games, and your defense is one of the worst in NFL history. And we're doing air guitar after we're tackling somebody. The, du- on, the discount double take. Yeah, that yeah. Watt took down Rodgers, and then mm-hmm. Rodgers hit him for like six touches yeah. in this stadium. You remember that? Watson, Watt, Watt got got a little bit too hyped, did the discount double, t- and then all of a sudden Rodgers hit him with like five touchdowns mm-hmm. on a, on a prime time game. I remember that game vividly. I do too. Rodgers is like, really? You know who your safeties are? Get ready. I'm about to rain touchdowns on your ass, JJ. And that's what happened. 713-780-3776. We've gotten everything better out of the way. We talked about the Watson situation, the lack thereof information, right? We've talked about the Astros bullpen. Let's talk about something a little bit more uppity, right? Let's get into some good stuff. 713-780-3776. We're going to go around the league some because we're hearing that Big Ben... There's beef, and there's a lot of beef, and I'm a Steelers guy, mm-hmm. and I'm tired of it, and I'm tired of him, and I'm going to tell you why next on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. 713-780-3776. You know what time it is. It's Moneyline on a Sunday morning. That's Josh Jordan at Josh Jordan 97.5. That's Aaron Rabel at Aaron is Blitzed. And I'm Jerry Bonos with a Z at Jerry Bonos. Hey, getting into a little bit of football here, switching gears because me being the Steeler fan that I am, I don't know when it's time to cut the cord with these quarterbacks, right? Like when 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 has it been enough? Right now, you see, we Rogers trying to make a move late in his career. We we saw Brady do it. Whenever being a Steeler fan, I'm not saying that Roethlisberger by any means was on their level, but as far as success and winning, he's had much of it. True. Whenever this era of quarterbacks go down, what, whatever you think of Roethlisberger, he still has to be up there in one way or another. Okay? Yeah. So then now, coming into the season, we know that he was owed a bunch of money. And many speculated that he was going to retire or that he was going to come back and set the team back by night by, by requiring them to pay him. Well, he did a team-friendly thing. He said he gave up $5 bucks. Just no, yeah. no way to get it back. No incentives. Just, just here, take it. Spread it out. Spread it out. I don't. I have money. I bet Big Ben's got a lot of bucks put up. But where do you go here from from, from now? Because I want to start there. Ten wins is the over under for wins this season for the Steelers. Has that team gotten better or worse than they were last year? And I know last year was a little fluky, as we remember that they started off undefeated for a, a, a long time. They were what nine and zero. Yeah, they, I mean they were on fire to start the season. Let's think back though of when it fell apart. Let's think back of a game against the Ravens when it wasn't even Lamar Jackson. It was RG3, and they struggled to beat them. And then you started saying, man, that team's vulnerable. They were barely scoring. They were barely scoring 20 points, 21 points in winning games because of the defense. Then the very next week you saw them go against the Washington football team, and they got beat by a better defense that day. Mm -hmm. They got smacked around. 
that team isn't who they were at the beginning of the season. I don't know how they were undefeated. I kept thinking all season, like, this is going to come to an end very quick, and it's going to be ugly. And that's exactly what happened. They went against a Bengals team that had backups and lost. Go Think about the playoff game. Think about, as a Steelers franchise, the embarrassment to, to, to have a playoff game go down the way they did and get beat up from the very get-go. From the get-go, they were blown out. I have a lot of concerns about the Steelers this year. I, Villanueva leaving when their O-line was already bad and him going to the Ravens, like, it, did they even try to sign him? I think the thought process is they feel like they have some guys they like that are going to take the next step. But, I mean, Ben's a statue back there, and to, him to lose that tackle, I mean, Bud Dupree's gone, so the defense maybe won't be quite as good as far as a, a pass rush element you know they still got tj watt of course but yeah i think they're gonna take a step i like the Najee harris pick you know for the steelers i'm gonna like him for fantasy football this year too but man the o-line's not very good how much of an impact is a nice running back gonna have if if they can't block it up that's the question because okay let's say when james connor was in there he was a little bit of over, over four and some change as far as yards per carry it, it can work i mean yeah. at that it, it it's serviceable it's it, it's it'll it'll not make or break a team okay won't set you back or it also won't win you games it's just enough a little bit over four yards of carry but whenever you don't have an offensive line they're talking about Najee Harris and when you think about Najee Harris you think about a physical runner and if he doesn't have an offensive line and he's going to be getting hit before he even gets to the line of scrimmage just to just to create some kind of yards in, in a positive yardage situation just to create anything Anything. He's going to have to break tackles at an early age. That's not a good start. It's not. They did address the offensive line in the draft. So they they got a couple guys in the third and fourth round. We'll see if those, if those picks end up working out. But you know how. They, it's a draft pick, and it's a third and a fourth round pick. You don't necessarily think those guys are going to be starters out of the third and fourth round. So, yeah, I worry a little bit. And I like Najee Harris. You know who he reminds me of is Matt Forte. You know, he's a really big back that, that's kind of slippery and, and he can catch the football. So, you know, if, if that turns out to be the case, that's a win if you get a, a guy similar to Matt Forte at running back. But you still got to have somebody block it up. And I think they're going to have to run the ball a lot more to protect Ben this year. Former tackle Alejandro Villanueva now on the Baltimore Ravens within the division. Yep comes out and says it was incredibly challenging that we knew we had to go with game plans that involved passing the ball potentially the entire game and not really practice or rehearse that other part of football that relieves some of the angst. Uh, this is the Steelers we're talking about it, here. The Steelers. For him to just say that, so so that, so that he said the mentality, when you have a balanced office or when you run the ball, it's obviously better for the offensive line. I'm assuming it's not as fun for the wide receivers here because they're not getting all the catches. They're making TikToks, and they're having fun on social <laughs> media. I mean – who's he talking to here? There's no other way that he, there's no possible way that he's talking to anyone. All of a sudden that comes out within two days. You got Juju Smith coming out Uh and he says that maybe him saying that the Browns are going to Brown. Maybe it was bulletin board material. Maybe he does need to move forward with things and, and, and focus on different things. Pre-game. He said it was never done uh, maliciously. You know, it was done in, in the day and age that we live in. Uh, who he is, his social media presence. But, again, we saw some people say laugh whenever you say, you think a, a professional athlete needs any kind of, of bulletin board to go out there and try to smash 
on Juju? I said, no, of course not. But it helps. It adds. You know what I mean? It, it becomes personal. Of course, those guys don't need any more more initiative to go out there and win a game. You know, of course not. But are you telling me that by no means do you think that the the Bengals or whoever he's dancing on their logo you think you think that that makes them feel happy? Like, yeah, he's out there doing TikToks in the middle of our field. Look at it however you want to. It doesn't matter if somebody goes and does that to you. Think about when you you play basketball in your driveway, and then some that neighborhood kid will come over and hoop you up. You think like. On my driveway? Mm-hmm. Like, I know all the sweet spots here, you know? I know the dip on my driveway. Like, I know yeah. where the slants are, you know? I know where the cracked concrete is. Like, this is my home court. You felt a certain type of way if they came to your court and did something. I think that's how people view it. They do. And with Juju, what's he so excited about? He got a one-year deal from the Steelers. And he turned what down that? The, he yeah. turned down the Ravens also, they're he saying. He did. From, uh, like, a million and a half more. <laughs> Lamar Jackson was supposedly, you know, trying to recruit him, saying, come here. I think he sees that. That'd be tough over there. He, he does it. Imagine trying to be a – I'm not going to call him mediocre. He's great, but he's not a, a primary receiver like that one guy. He, he's, a, he, he's a complimentary guy, I think, in my, in my eyes. Well, he, he has been recently. I mean, remember he had that breakout year where he was incredible a couple of years ago. What happened last year is they used him almost exclusively in the slot. Yeah, You know, which that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Look, I know he's not a big burner, but only using him in the slot that much. I mean, he needs at least some out outside the number target. So I think maybe they, they correct that a little bit this year. I, I hope they do for his sake. But they've been just kind of using him last year. Like, you know, they used Marcus Colston with with the Saints back in the day. Remember, they, they put that big receiver on a little corner in the slot. But that was working for them. Juju didn't have a great year last year. And and it tells you he got a one-year deal. Jerry, he's on his second contract. He's only 24. That's not I mean, just good. think about it. He's only 24 years old, and he got a one-year deal. They, they don't, don't trust him. They think they, got what, they think they know what they got when what they drafted, and they're, they're still holding hopes, I think, on that. Yep. And then they don't want to commit. That means no commitment. That's exactly what it, that it, means. It does, and their quarterback situation is so murky beyond this year. You know, maybe they don't want to commit a bunch of money to a receiver when they, they know this is probably the last to Ben. They don't have anybody good. Rudolph's still there backing him up. They're going to have to draft a quarterback or, or trade for one, maybe Deshaun or something like that. Bring so, back Charlie Batch. <laughs> Bring him back. Now, 10 wins over under the season. I was telling Josh before the show, that might be my favorite bet of the year as yeah. far as futures. Ten wins for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I and being a Steelers fan, I would hate to make that bet because all year that's not just a one game you you're bet against, against them. Yeah. All year. when you bet against one game, huh? you're just like, all right, just get past this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you were going to lose anyways. You know, let me get a little bit of bread in my pocket for it. But whenever you have to pull against them an entire season, you're thinking, don't win ten games. It could be week 15, 16, and you're still pulling against your team. That's a tough bet to make. I might not make it. I'm telling you to. Honestly, 10 wins for the Steelers. If we're talking about that offensive line, a uh, broke down Big Ben. If Big Ben gets hurt, you know who they got? Mason Rudolph. He's awful. I mean, Mason he's Rudolph. That's who they got coming in. You think that he's going to be able to generate wins with that with that offensive line as well uh, with with the problems that they already have? I don't they took a step back on defense some. There's I'm not going to say no way they get 10 wins, but I don't believe they get 10 wins. How about the Ravens, though? The Ravens are set at 11 wins. See, I like that. And this affects the Steelers' bet to me, too, because I think the Browns got better. I think the Ravens got better. I think the Bengals got better, too. So 
I like the Ravens. I think I would take them to win this division. What was the total? He said eleven. Eleven. That's about right. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'd go out and and put a lot of money into that. That's about where I think they're going to have it. We'll see if you know Lamar Jackson has another big year. But you know, to the juju point, he had ninety-seven catches last year for eight hundred and thirty-one yards. 8.6 average for Juju. He, they're just not getting down the field. And maybe part of that's Big Ben. You know, maybe the arm's not pushing it down the field as much. But, yeah, I, I like the Ravens in this division. I'm not, I'm not ready to go in with the Browns. I, I know they showed us a lot last year. I'm, I'm just not sure I trust them. Look at the, the Steelers' weapons, right? Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Eric Ebron. Um, they were loaded, right? They only had 25 or 20 plays, 25 plays of 20 of yards or more. So plays that are, are, are considered explosive. Yep. Explosive plays are 20-plus yard plays. They only had 25 of those the entire season. A, a team that passed sometimes 55 times in the game. Yeah. You saw Big Ben throw in the very last game. He threw like 60 times. You only had that many big plays. That means that everything was. That means he's having a dink and dunk all the way down the field every time. And that's when mistakes happen. You know, that's when interceptions and fumbles happen is when you have to run that many plays to get down the field because they don't have any explosive plays. And I do. I think part of that's on Ben. He doesn't throw throw it like he used to. Old Ben, new Ben. Old Ben didn't mind getting up under center. New Ben doesn't like contact. He doesn't like to get hit. He likes to get in the shotgun. When you're in the shotgun, it makes it easier for the defense. It, it's harder for you to hide what you're going to do. When you're, when you're under center, you can use that play action. You can use a lot of misdirection. It helps. That's what a lot of quarterbacks are doing now, simplifying. A lot of coaches are simplifying it for quarterbacks, for the Tannehills of the world. You see that. Do misdirection. It, it, you saw the Super Bowl. It was misdirection. Guys are running wild. Big Ben doesn't want to get hit because – he sits in that shotgun and he lets it go quick. So that's why the guys ain't, aren't getting downfield. That's everything that we just said. Yeah. It, that goes to show you exactly why. I watch those guys all the time, and it's like he wants to get that ball. Old Ben, he was great because he could create off the off improvising. You, yeah. He could break a tackle, and then all of a sudden he's outside the pocket, and then all of a sudden he makes a play, a play that wasn't on script. Right, and that's when they could push the ball down the field. You know, Ben would have guys hanging all over him, then he'd launch it to like San Antonio Holmes, you know, way down the field back in the day. That's not really in his bag of tricks anymore. You don't see that as much. Steel Curtain says, okay, let's change the subject, laughing out loud. <laughs> big, big shout out to everyone hanging on Twitch. Big Box Marshall, Steel Curtain, Chuck D. Happy Mother's Day to Crystal. Happy Mother's Day to Donna. We love you. This is Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. We don't know what this season's going to be like from a aspect of the OTAs where there's a, uh, I guess, a dispute right now between the NFLPA and owners and organizations, franchises. Should there be in-facility workouts? Sure, they're not. We saw a, a injury to a Denver Broncos player that all of a sudden now the Broncos are coming out and saying, on paper, 
we're not supposed to. We don't have to pay you. By the letter of the law, we don't have to pay you. Mm-hmm. Now we might. Now, now you're hearing because the backlash they've received. Now they're saying, well, we might have to settle on something. The kid does deserve something. But now we're seeing these GMs be more vocal about what's coming forward. We saw Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean, come forward last week and say, if the protocols for the NFL say that if X amount of players are vaccinated, we can have in-facility you know, team meetings and whatnot, that gives us an advantage. I'd cut a player if he doesn't want to get vaccinated. I hate well, he got backlash. All of a sudden, he had to come out and say, not, I mean, I didn't mean cut him, because imagine now if he happens to cut someone that has nothing to do with that and it happens so coincidentally that it's a player that's not vaccinated. They're going to come back and he cut me because I wasn't vaccinated. So he should have been careful the way he said that. And the league came out and said, you can't do that. The, the league, they let him know. They said, you can't, you can't cut somebody just because they don't get vaccinated. But I think part of that is the league just covering their own ass. You know what I mean? They're just, oh, we'll put that out there. But I think this is going to continue to be an issue. Now, or not. now front offices are starting to say, well, a coach maybe look at, or even players are starting to wonder, well, I get looked at different if I don't. So then they're saying, well, how would anybody know? Well, the vaccinated players, their protocols are going to be different every day showing up to, to workouts. They're going to be going through a different door. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go this way. They got to go that way. So at which point, whenever you're 15 minutes late to practice or or behind schedule, not even so much late, you prepare for it. But when you're a, a step behind these other guys, right, because they have that free pass, you know, go ahead, vaccinated, mm-hmm. you go, go. Does it maybe skew the way that a coach looks at you? They're even thinking some players are getting scared of that. They're saying, what if I'm a what if I'm a rookie? Because right now Tom Brady's coming out and saying himself, hey, stand down. <laughs> Don't worry about these OTAs. Rookies, you too. While rookies are over there thinking, I need this. I wasn't even a, a, a first three rounds. I'm a, I'm a six-round guy. Or they went and picked me up after the draft. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Look, I mean, that's part of the deal, right? Is you know, If you've got to fight for your position, you better be there. The best availability or the best ability is availability. So I'd feel pressured to make sure I was there too. Look, if you want it, go show up. It's easy for guys like Brady, right? Yeah. Because he's not fighting for a spot, obviously. No. He's not hurting for any kind. I mean, he's established, but he also makes a point. He says it like this. He says the NFL is the only league with over overly competitive drills in the offseason. He said, think about any of them. And he even cusses. And he says, there's no effing pro baseball player throwing 95 in December. It's true. When he put it like that, it made me think, like, you know what? <laughs> He's, he's right. I mean, you don't have these pitchers out there dogging their arm mid-December. But in OTAs, you're out there. Once you put those pads on, it, it, it's contact. But, I mean, it, football's a lot more complicated. You know what I mean? They're you know, 22 guys, you know, 22 positions. And then all the backups, you're learning a new system. I mean, you basically have to learn a new language when you're learning an offense. And that, you know, that requires timing and it, it's more, you know, baseball, it's like, oh, you go hit in the cage, you work on your fielding, you know, th- that's what you do. I mean, football, you got to learn a playbook. That takes time. How do you feel about the NFLPA coming out and telling the rookies not to show up? They're encouraging them not to. That's almost selfish, isn't it? It's the PA. They're Look, they're all fighting for leverage. You know, th- that's how this works. 
Because first and second rounds, all right, they don't usually even show up for the very first ones, the first off-season OTAs. But then those third-round picks, those are guys that are even, maybe can I get on the starter? Maybe am I a bench player? But I have a shot. But when you go from that fourth down, fourth round down, those guys don't even know. No. But let's be honest. that They'll be lucky to be backups, those guys, just to make the team. This week, there's going to be a, a, a call set up with the players' union. There's going to be a lot of uh, debate going back and forth on this, but the NFLPA, they're set on it, and they're telling people, hey, don't go. I just I, I hate this. I mean, I hate other guys. They're, the saying, don't worry about another man's pockets, but this one, you're hurting another man's pockets literally to, to help you because if you're a guy that says, man, I'm not the guy that I used to be, that rookie we just drafted. He's pretty good, and he plays linebacker like I do. Mm-hmm. Why, they drafted a middle linebacker? Hey, I'm a middle linebacker. Last year was my last, my worst year as far as tackles. You know who is this guy? And then all of a sudden, that guy is in OTAs, and he's showing, he's showing up and out. What do you think is going to happen when you come back? Now they're saying, like, you know what? We maybe don't need the yeah. veteran. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a real concern. The other thing is, a lot of these players have incentives built into their contracts for showing up for off-season workouts. So that's something to pay attention to also. If, you know, if I've got half a million dollars on the line if I show up in the offseason, I'm going to want to show up, get my money. 713-780-3776. I'll run across the headline and I had to close my computer. Jared Goff working with Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn on Lions Playbook. Everything is wrong with this. Goff, Lynn, Lions Playbook. Uh, the worst thing I wanted to do to a to a team that is already suffering at quarterback and I, and I got so many question marks is is throw Anthony Lynn in there. Maybe as a coordinator he'll be better than than having to be the actual coach. We saw what happened with him and and Justin Herbert. How many I mean how many games did they just they blew I think what six double digit leads last year lost I think every game but one uh three score or three point game they weren't great at closing games out. The guy was terrible. He was the Bill O'Brien of 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 the of the Chargers, you know, he was that guy, and all of a sudden you throw him to to the Lions, and he's got golf. That's terrible. Like, you know, I read that and I'm like, working with Anthony, working on what? Working on checkdowns. Nobody throws to running backs more than, than Anthony Lynn's offenses. Think about it, man. Think of how many passes Eckler caught last year. So DeAndre Swift in PPR. You got to think golf is going to be checking down to him over and over and over again. They got a hell of a receiver squad. Uh, Tyrell Williams, Ooh. he's already questionable for week one. <laughs> he's he's questionable right now. He is. Brashad Perryman, questionable for week one as well. <laughs> questionable for <laughs> yeah. the rest of his life. Uh, Quintez Cephas, the one hit wonder. You know, like I think he had one good week that people were like, man. I, I could use him on my fantasy team. Pick this guy up, and then you never start him again. (laughs) Yeah, and then you ended up cutting him two weeks later. That's Mm -hmm. what they got. Then you say, well, maybe maybe they have a run game that Jared Goff will be able to lean on because we saw that they made uh, Ragnar the the highest paid uh, center in the league. And they they drafted Sewell in the first round. Panay Sewell. They have a pretty good start to to, to that offensive line, okay? So then you go from there and you say, well, what running backs? DeAndre Swift? I think he's going to have a big year. They picked up Jamal Williams. Yeah, and, and they're going to use him too. You know, I think he's going to be more of a straight-up backup. You know, I, I think Swift's going to be the guy. Your boy Darren Fells found a home. You're like, my boy? That ain't my boy. <laughs> I, I hate when someone, else, you know, they're like, hey, your boy, your boy and then Darren they just Fels? point just some random guy. You're like, I'm, that's not my boy. I don't know why you would say that. Either way, Darren Fells, behind TJ Hawkinson, uh, just a, 
a depth move, I guess. But that Darren Fells goes to show you, I mean, he found a home somewhere from those few touchdowns. Yeah, unlike a lot of O'Brien's other guys that still haven't found a home. Like, I don't think Duke Johnson's on a team anywhere yet. A lot of these other guys, nope, that just tells you how bad O'Brien was. But, no, I mean, look, the Lions, they're they're in rebuilding mode. They're not going to come out and say it, but we know golf is not the answer. They're going to be looking for a quarterback here pretty soon. The reason I brought up the Lions is because with everything going on with Aaron Rodgers right now, if you can figure out where Rodgers is going to end up, or if even even if he's just going to leave, you can find value within that division. Right now, it's minus 150 that he stays on the Packers. So if you really think, man, there's no way in hell he's getting out of there, you can get him minus 150 that he stays. That That's so cheap. Mark Schlereth comes out and says... He's as good as the Bronco already. Like, he's on the Broncos. That changed everything. They took everything off the board. You couldn't even bet it for a minute. Mm. Schlereth came out and said, I'm telling you, I know for a fact that he's going to be on the Broncos. Like, I know this. I uh, mean, how could you even know that? I don't. Uh, everyone's been going on. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's, he's biting back saying, I'm, <laughs> all right, we're going to see who's got the last laugh. He's going to be on the Broncos. Then I go look in the Broncos. They're plus 200 to get him only. I mean, look, maybe he's getting it from Elway. But it takes two to tango. And, you know, and the Packers, they don't seem like, I think they're going to, I think it's going to be like the Deshaun thing. They're just going to sit on him and and see if he shows up. Well, hopefully we show up because we only got an hour left and I got two max bombs. I'm taking you to France. Get your passports ready. It's Moneyline ESP 97.5. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Dial the phone. Disappointed by your HR and payroll technology? Maybe you need to outsource your administration. Go to HRP.net to learn more. 